This is Pro Wrestling's only modern-day Viking gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- <laughs> fellas, uh, you guys have a great day, and, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> That's <We're> a great <laughs> we've, we've had 70-degree weather here. For, I mean, we've really had a warm December, and I get on the phone with damn Canadians, and we're spitting snow. So. As the saying goes, it's better late than never. My name is Carl Carafel, joined alongside Chris Best, and this is Turnbuckle Talk, episode number 330, entitled, When Fans Attack. We got lots to cover and go over today, but first, I want to find out, Chris, how are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good, uh... You were, you were testing my patience there, and I'm 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 actually a very patient guy, as you know. So, just uh, sat here drinking my non-sponsored Dr Pepper and eating some all-dressed chips while I waited for you. Give everybody a little insight as to why the delay. My computer decided to restart on me, and just go through a continuous loop of updating and then cleaning and then updating and then updating again. And I was just like, "You got to be freaking." kidding me and this was two minutes before we were supposed to go to air (laughs) it was it was literally two minutes before we were supposed to start and all of this happened and it's now well we're what is this 16 minutes 36 minutes holy shit balls 36 minutes so half an hour late because of this issue but it's all good Oh, right. Right, JJ. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Life kids me not. Oh, my goodness. I was I was just sitting here kind of I wasn't vibing, but I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Come on now. Like what's going two minutes before you can't do this to me, dude. You can't do this. Although, I mean, I know I have to change this computer. It's over 10 years old. It needs some work done to it. So, Ed, an exciting episode of NXT. I'm hearing so far. Amazing stuff. Amazing what we've got. An amazing uh, um, promo that happened by a certain guy, as well as possibility of a tag team and some situations going on there. If you guys don't know, Ed and Astrid do taking over an amazing NXT broadcast after the show. They go through and review the show. Usually about 10, 10, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Watch our local establishment for when that comes out. Thank you, Ed, for coming in. And I know you're probably hopping back out and you'll catch the VOD as usual. We're going to start tonight's episode off with uh, let's go a little WWE news here for a moment. And this one is something that we've heard before. But nothing really ever came to fruition for it. But right now, the WWE once again has an interest in Nick Aldis, but not in a role that you would probably expect. 
They don't want him for an in-ring talent, but rather they would like to bring him in as a producer of the shows. Now, which show it is, we don't know right now. But we do know that the WWE is looking at pursuing him for a producer agent type of role. Chris, I know that you have some uh, some thoughts on this. What do you think I about? I certainly do, but I got a question. I thought his deal with Impact was a was uh, for a few years. I wonder. I'm curious as to what happened there. Apparently not. Um, I don't think that it was a very short run that was supposed to be there. Yes, JJ is correct. The latest guests, not just guest guests on a moment with Joshua Joseph. Make sure that you're looking at that and checking that out. It's the dark shows, he says. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Nick Aldis can bring as a producer. He does have a mind for the business. I right. do want to see him in the ring at the same time, though. I'm the same. I really do. I want to see Nick Aldis inside that ring. That's, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of Nick. Um, you know, as you heard in the introduction there, we've I've interviewed Nick Aldis uh, back when him and, and Mickey just had their child. Um, the baby was still very, very small, but we were able to interview Nick Aldis, me and uh, me and Big Joe back then. Uh, and it was it was absolutely fantastic. I loved every minute of it. Nick was so good with the interview and so good with everything, especially just having a essentially a brand new baby at home. I've been a fan before that interview, and I'm still a fan of Nick Aldis and his work now. For me, Nick uh, brought prestige back to the NWA and the 10 pounds. Oh, 1000%. Yes, he did. Right. He made me so interested in NWA and I have not been interested in NWA's product since their since the uh, partnership with TNA dissolved. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know what more I can say about that, except exactly. Yeah. That's uh, something that a lot of people have, you know, taken a look at and, and, and just how good he has been to not only work with companies, but to bring an, an aura, an era and an whatever of prestige back to professional wrestling. You know um, what I, I really want to see him do if he comes back in the ring. I want to see him and Gunther. I really I do. Would, <laughs> I would love that him and Gunther or him and Seth. I would love to see. Yeah, JJ's right. Speculations again. <laughs> I love right? it. JJ's right. This... Nick is too good for just a producing member. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, we did this at the Rumble when it was when he was leaving NWA and he was keeping uh, he was keeping his cards close to his chest as to where he was going to go. We all thought he was going to show up at the Royal Rumble. We did. We did. So we do know that the company initially pursued him uh, for his in-ring abilities in early 2023 before he signed mm -hmm. a short-term deal with impact. Um, what's really changed. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of just up in the air right now. And I mean, it's unknown at this point, whether all this would even be interested in taking on that type of a role either. So it's, 
it's it's a lot of different play that's in there, right? right. So what changed with the WWE's mind? And is this something that Nick would even want to do? Does he want to get out of the ring? And there's a strong possibility know. too that let's say he does come to the WWE, he still becomes a non-air personality in some in some form or another. We saw that with Adam Pierce; he came on as a producer, and now he's an on-air personality and a producer at the same time. I would love to have Nick Aldis on my TV screen in the WWE. I would. Oh yeah, me too. Me no too. matter what capacity it's in, if it's in an on in, like an in ring. Or if it's just an on-screen like Adam Pierce does, I don't. Could you? Oh. He's got such a presence about him that I like. Could you imagine? Okay, Adam Pierce taking care of everything that happens on Raw. Nick Aldis comes in for SmackDown. We're coming close to Survivor Series. It's not that far away, and we see. Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis, both captains of a Survivor Series team. Or War Games. War Games too. <laughs> and we see both of them back in the ring and those two going at it. I'm, JJ, I'm craving, explain I'm craving yourself. for the day. Right? I'm craving for the day Adam Pierce gets back in the ring. <laughs> Explain yourself, JJ. Is that uh, you know Adam Pierce just uh, makes you bored with uh, with the the role that he has now, or were you bored always with his in ring capacity work? Because yeah, I sure as hell was not. Oh, me neither. And I'm not bored with Pierce now because I like what he's doing as the GM kind of thing. He's not mm -hmm. necessarily your Eric Bischoff, your the, uh, your Teddy Long, your John Laurinaitis. He's more of Jack Tunney, right? Reports and speculation say right now that Nick Aldis could start a trial run right. of this role as soon as next month. That's really, really quick. I mean, we're already halfway through. The, we're over halfway through this month right now. And that gives him plenty of time. That gives plenty of time to promote for Survivor Series if they do turn him into an on-air character. Right, right. This gives so much time to be able to build whatever they want to if they have him in an on screen uh, producer agent generally doesn't, you know, come out immediately mm -hmm. onto television screens. But even let's just take a look at the agent side of things to have Nick Aldis as an agent going around to these independent promotions and scouting. Who better? Oh Who yeah. Freaking better. As I said, the guy's got a mind for the business. He knows, he knows talent when he sees it, you know, JJ says he isn't being used to his abilities. Now, if you add exactly what you said, I can see that working. I ask you both of though, when has the WWE stuck with anything outside factions and the bloodline story? As of right now, I would say that you are correct. They have uh -huh. not stuck with anything outside of factions and bloodline story. Well, Trish and Becky. True. True. But really not much more. Mm -hmm. Survivor Series is still really considered one of the big four. PLEs for the WWE. Yeah. 
So they're going to need to build something for that. And I'm hoping that they do a traditional five on five of some sort. Yeah, see, that's that's one thing I've been wondering is uh, for this year's Survivor Series is can they do a War Games and a traditional five on five maybe on the same show? I don't think that it would be on the same show. I think that we would see NXT with War Games because that seems to be their thing. They really seem to be taking that War Games and uh, making it their own, which I'm perfectly okay with. So that could be the night before. Yeah. And then you get the PLE, right? But I was going to say, being that uh, War Games was a Dusty Rhodes creation, I kind of wouldn't, I I can still see it being on the main roster again, but with Cody at the helm, essentially. Uh, I mean, I I could possibly see that as well. I definitely could. Mm -hmm. Um, JJ says, Trish and Becky are the exception, not the rule. Yeah, I'm sorry to say it, but they are doing Trish and Becky because they don't know how to write for women, in his opinion. I think so. Well, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily go that far to say that they don't know how to write for women. I think that it's it's a very different style to be able to have to write for women. Right. Um, Yeah. And I mean, they set up they've already set up the next three feuds for uh, Rhea. So true. At least I think. Yeah, I would have to say so. I would have to say so. I think that they really have. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, though. Yeah, and and I'm, we know I'm looking that forward it's... to see what Nick brings to the product. Right. And and they're saying as soon as next month. So and that's, that, like that's, and that's days the other away. question is, which roster is he going to work for? Does he do NXT? Does he do SmackDown? Does he do Raw? At this point, we have no clue. Yeah. No clue. So it's a wait and see game on that one. (laughs) It is. We got more wait and see when it comes to AEW as well. AEW has been doing very well with ticket sales as of late. And we now have more word on ticket sales for all out. That being a whole new section of the arena has been opened up. So, as of right now, the current setup for AEW's all-out pay-per-view that is happening at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, is set up for 10,564 people. Current tickets sold, or tickets distributed, is 7,621, leaving less than 3,000 tickets available and I think that now that is including these new sections that have been opened up, which is pretty much the upper bowl. A bunch of the new sections added um, are on the hard cam side, and they're in the upper bowl. Mm-hmm. What do you think about AEW and this? I don't want to say huge rise to popularity of everything, but the fact that they are able to sell these many tickets that they have to open up another section to allow more fans to come in. Well, let's put it this way. They're in Chicago. The Chicago market has actually been fantastic to AEW. 
for one particular wrestler. <laughs> um, but the United Center is a huge arena. It's a 24,000 seat arena. So it, wow. it doesn't, it kind of doesn't blow my mind that the, that they're slowly rolling out these tickets and getting, getting all these seats and uh, sold off to people. And, uh, like I said, we're post pan. I've been saying this in the past. We're post pandemic, so right now there's still a lot of people who are hungry for some kind of entertainment. So, right, it doesn't surprise me that they that they sold the seven thousand as fast as they did when they opened up ten thousand, and now they're having to open up more. It really doesn't surprise me, but I'm really curious about what the setup for the for all out's going to look like at the same time. Well, if you'd like to check that out. You can see the uh, layout diagram available on Twitter from WrestleTix, T-I-X. You can follow them. You can take a look at their Twitter page, and they actually give you a um, visual for AEW All Out, showing you where the entrance is going to be, where the ramp is, where the ring is. And uh, a third of the arena isn't even being used from what I can see in this mm. visual. So that makes you, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of takes away a lot of that. What did you say? Yeah. 24,000 seat arena. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to beat uh, SummerSlam 94. Which was also at the United Center, and that was a that was a complete sellout from what I remember. But also, yeah, yeah. ninety four didn't have a big set, so exactly did not have a big set at all. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I just thought that it was uh, really good to note. Yeah, that the ticket sales um, are and going very well. The for fact them. that they're still rolling out tickets for the Wembley show the week before, so right. Right. They are doing so good for themselves right now. And I'm happy about it. Whether you're a fan of AEW or not, they are giving us entertainment and professional wrestling. And yeah. I am a professional wrestling fan. As am I. So I'm I've said I said this years ago. I know people were bashing AEW and calling them a t-shirt company before things even got rolling. Right. I sat back and played the waiting game and just said, okay, let's see where this is going to go. Let's see if they are going to present a, a legit comp competition to the WWE. And they're on, they're not quite there yet, but they're on their way. They are. They're on their way. Yeah. I wouldn't say that they are competition right now for the WWE at all, but they definitely are making some headway yeah. in that department for sure. Let's move to August. In Australia, Game Changer Wrestling, GCW, another company that has, in recent years, really grabbed some limelight, really come into its own. They are now going to be going out on a tour the promotion is going to be going to Australia in August for three days. The 25th in Sydney, 26th in Melbourne, the 27th in Brisbane. So far, talent that has been included seems to be Joey Janela, 
Everett Connors, Mackie Ito, Effie, Steph DeLander, Gringo Loco, Ali Ketch, and Charlie Evans. Now, we do know that this is legitimately happening as tickets are on sale right now for it. And the tour is actually going to feature GCW versus the Australian promotion Renegades of Wrestling. I think it's absolutely fantastic considering Renegades of Wrestling includes uh, Shazza McKenzie, Royce Chambers, Mm -hmm. Tommy Knight, uh, Chanel uh, Phoenix, Delta, so many other names that, um, you know, are there that you might not really be aware of, you know, even names like Rat Daddy. Yeah. A wrestler that was trained by Bronson Reed. So there's like Bronson Reed did training, but all right. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, like there's, there's some good names that are there and this isn't, you know, really the first time that GCW has done this where they've gone and uh, worked with other companies. I'm just surprised that it's Australia. I'm happy for them, but you don't hear very much about the Australian promotions. Um, No, you don't. And Australia is basically an untapped market for a lot of talent. I mean, we mentioned Bronson Reed. We got Grayson Waller, who's from there. We have um, the Iconics, both of them from there. Um, even when WWE did their show there, I mean, that was, I'm happy to see like Australia finally getting wrestling, you know? Right. And it definitely is about time. Yeah. Everywhere seems to have really their own, uh, you know, like local promotions and stuff like that. Right. And, and and it's, it's fantastic. And I mean, even my friend, uh, Jazzy Gaber, she's running her own company now over in Germany and right. uh, Switzerland and that area called serious sports entertainment. And it's absolutely fantastic to be able to see that still there is independent promotions that are able to run without really necessarily needing that rub from the WWE. They can go out there and still do really good things. GCW never needed a rub from the WWE to get them over. Sure, it helps. Impact Impact was just in Australia too, weren't they? Right. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I mean, for companies to get over, sure, it, it, it helps when you have a former WWE star that comes in. You know, like GCW had Matt Cardona come in, and everybody knows, yeah. woo, 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 you Matt know it. Cardona. <laughs> everybody knows, right? But you get these other companies, like Renegades of Wrestling. Like, I, I've i never heard of them, to be honest, but I'm going to be lo- go looking them up now. I'm excited for this, and I'm excited for GCW. I know. Okay. Are you a fan of the type of work that gcw puts out yes and no uh there are moments where i want to watch just some hardcore beat them up beat them up wrestling and i will go to a gc i will go to gcw for that okay but what i love about gcw is the fan base just from watching from our our close friend of the both of ours who posts videos from gcw shows (laughs) he visits the fan base is what i like the best about the show their shows it's uh philly-esque yeah yeah very 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 much a lot like mid 90s ecw crowd 
yeah. It definitely is good for GCW. I'm happy for them, and I hope that they succeed with this, and I hope that they are able to uh, do really good things to get their name out there a little bit more. Um, again, like I said, it wouldn't be the, this isn't the first time, you know, they've had an international promotion for an event either. Um, 2022, they did an event with, uh, Zona 23, a Mexican wrestling promotion that same month and year, they did an event with uh, Japanese promotion pro wrestling freedoms. So yeah. I love seeing that these companies are coming together. These smaller companies are coming together. And let's say these com- these companies are not coming coming together the way AWA tried to get everybody together to do Super Clash, because those though there was a Super Clash backstage when they did those shows. But no, yeah. I'm very happy, especially for Australia as a whole. I've been I want to preface this by saying I've been waiting for the Australia wrestling market to actually blow up since Hulk Hogan brought his show over there many moons ago against Ric Flair and did that tour of Australia, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about it. I definitely yeah. am. Let's move into some AEW news right now. And I want to talk a little bit about Owen Hart. And we're going to talk the Owen Hart tournament that happened. Rest well, Owen. You know, we still think about you. Not a day goes by that I don't th- stop and think about him. Right? Not a day. Not a day. They just had the finals happen. And uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Okay. So there was live coverage. The July 15th episode of AEW Collision. This week's episode or that week came from the Calgary Stampede. Saddledome in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And the July 16th episode featured the Owen Hart Cup finals. So what are we? uh, We're at the 18th. So yeah, 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 yeah. It happened already. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Yeah. Want to make sure. Didn't want to spoil it. (laughs) Well, if you haven't seen it yet. um, Oh, I know. I know. Alert. So... (laughs) We're going to talk about the women first. So it came down to Willow Nightingale taking on Ruby Soho in the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Cup Tournament Finals. Mm-hmm. The winner, Willow Nightingale. What? That's what I said, too. Because <laughs> I'm a fan of Ruby. Always have been. Always will be a fan of her. I wanted her. I wanted her to win, but I'm fine with Willow winning at the same time. Because, like you do, Carl, I'm gonna play the wait and see and see where this where they take this. You know, this wait and see, just for context, comes from last night's edition of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, where uh, you know Liv Morgan and Raquel lost the tag team championships. I'm not gonna be too upset. I'm gonna just wait. And so, well, I mean, she did show up later and attack Rhea, so I think she's getting the next title shot. So we will wait and see. <laughs> I'm very surprised that it was Willow mm-hmm. who captured this title reign, I guess you could almost call it. 
Um, it's I, I I don't know. It's just like How I wasn't I too familiar this? with Willow before the tournament. I became familiar with her because of the tournament. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm on not, the I don't know side too because I've seen Ruby for years and years and years wrestle. You know what I mean? I am not a fan of Ruby Soho. One hundred percent. I will come out. I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. And see, I am a fan of her, so. But the rise that she has had going to AEW, going and, you know, be, becoming part of the faction of the Outcasts. Um, Which I like that faction. I'm actually really enjoying that. I like the faction, too. Don't get me wrong. I do. It would be better if uh, Ruby wasn't there. But I digress. Willow Nightingale gets the upper hand and eventually hits a power bomb for the victory. I thought for sure that Ruby was going to be taking this and that it was going to be just the names that everybody knows winning these tournaments. But it is not. And it clearly is not when we make our way to the men's side of the Owen Hart tournament where we had CM Punk taking on Ricky Starks. In a fantastic match, by the way. (laughs) Punk tries for the GTS. Starks counters Mm -hmm. and hits Punk with the spears. Stark brings Punk back into the ring, uh, but the opponent regains the momentum and locks in a submission hold. Punk hits the Huracarana Starks counters with a roll up and it goes back and forth for a pin. Eventually Starks gets the win by a roll up and holding the ropes. So still keeping CM Punk with that baby face on him and giving Starks still that, um, little heel touch to him. Yeah, I was just going to say that that finish sounds very Owen Hart. Owen would have done the same thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, JJ, I just, I don't know. There's something about her. Just something about her that just does not sit well with me. So I cannot be a fan of Ruby. I'm sorry to break your heart. I got some band-aids. I can help you piece it back together, though. Don't you worry. Starks swam. But I I kind of understood why they gave the Owen Hart Men's Cup to uh, Ricky, because I know that they are trying their hardest to push Ricky. There's been a lot of start-stop pushing with him. Mm -hmm. There has been. And that's why I was really confused by this because they've given they've given to him before yeah it has not worked out they have pushed pulled back a little bit they have given to him again it has not worked out they pull back and they they regroup and they go back to the drawing board they bring bring it and give it to him again and it just seems to be this continuous cycle so i'm hoping I'm hoping that this, this is... time around, 
right? This time yeah. around, they kind of do something a little better, maybe you could say, and actually allow him to work properly and be this tournament cup champion and do something maybe a little bit different with it and allow him to um, not necessarily defend that championship, but maybe brag about being that, uh, you know, tournament champion all the way until the next one and get over as that heel with the crowd as always coming out and gloating about being the best because he took out all these other guys in this tournament. I don't know. Basically doing what Baron Corbin did when he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Remember, he was coming out week after week with uh, the trophy and bragging about how he eliminated everybody in the Battle Royal and all that. Yep. And that worked for Baron, by the way, too. But no, I'm excited. I like Ricky Starks. I I hate the fact that they were doing all these start-stop pushes on him. Because he is a talented wrestler. He he more than deserves the Owen, Owen Hart tournament. I think so as well. So congratulations, Ricky Starks. Yeah. Congratulations, Willow Nightingale. And I guess congratulations once again to Willow Nightingale for this next topic, where Willow Nightingale is going to be challenging for a championship title against Athena at death before dishonor for the ROH women's championship death before this honor is going to be on Friday, July 21st. So this Friday is when it is going to be coming up. The recent victory for uh, Nightingale over Athena in the Owen Hart foundation tournament kind of led to the AEW ROH officials kind of looking at this going, Hey, we can make a rubber match for this. Yeah. And, um, this is going to be great. We can put it on to pay-per-view. We can make it for the championship. And now Willow's won this tournament. So it just kind of adds another little level to things going, Hey, okay. She just won this tournament which means that she could become this champion as well. Yeah. Cause right now she's going in full steam ahead. She's got all the momentum behind her going into this match. As does Athena. She's been on a bit of a roll lately too. So yeah, she definitely and has been. Can I just say this when she was Ember moon in WWE Athena, I'm talking about here. Yep. You could see that she lost her steam. But since coming back to AEW or going to AEW, that steam, that passion that she had is back. <laughs> mm-hmm. It definitely is. She is. I, I think she's able to just kind of be more, more herself. herself. Right. And, and I love that she, she, when she came back to the Indies, we'll, yeah. we'll call it. She went back to the name Athena, um, I watched Athena before she went to the WWE. I always enjoyed her work and I'm glad that she's gone back to that and is able to do that, is able to work as Athena and give us who she really is as a professional wrestler. 
and I'm kind of excited to see how she does this uh, does with Willow because again, I'm not too familiar with Willow, so I want to see how this match pans out. Now, I do want to say that Athena has been very dominant throughout her 219-day reign as the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, having victories over Mercedes Martinez, Sky Blue, Kiera Hogan, really solidifying herself as the face of the women's division when it comes to Ring of Honor. I just like you am excited to see this matchup and what happens. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited to see this. Let's continue on with women for a moment. If we shall, one of my favorites women wrestlers outside of the WWE is Diana Perrazzo. Trinity is not one of my favorites. But Trinity was able to come in and take the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship at Slammiversary by tapping out Diana Perrazzo. This one has my head being scratched thinking... What in the blue hell is going on and what happened here? See, anytime I hear something about happening in in Impact, I'm doing that same thing and I'm just scratching my head thinking, what the hell? Deanna Perrazzo is an extremely talented woman. Trinity is too, to a certain extent, but I just, she just came to Impact. I don't, I think it was just a little bit too soon to hotshot that belt onto her. Right, I I, th- I think so as well. I one hundred percent I do. This um, is Im- this is Impact saying, "Hey, look, WWE, we took one of your top women stars. We're going to put a belt on her, a belt that you couldn't put, do in WWE, even though they did do it." <laughs> right. And what kind of gets me is that she has only been with the promotion since May fourth, the May fourth episode. Yeah. Right. Like I said, it, it's I mean, trotting the belt onto her. It was pre-taped. It was a pre-taped episode, but I just, yeah, for me, it just is too quick, too soon. I don't like it, and I don't like that she made Diana Perrazzo look weak, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Diana Perrazzo has been somebody who is very, very dominant in the world of women's professional wrestling. You're right. And now all of a sudden this person comes in, not with the company very long and is able to tap her out. Yeah, this makes just, I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't either. I don't either. Now, I do understand that Trin has like kind of remained undefeated throughout all competition that she's really gone to, you know, facing like Giselle Shaw, Kylan King. Um, right. And I get that. Right. But I wouldn't even put Giselle or Kyla 
or Kylin, sorry, Kylin King on the same level as Deanna Perrazzo right now either. No, I wouldn't so either. Those victories over those women, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider that to be anything substantial. Now, had it been something like Trin came in and uh, came, did something, let's say, with uh, IWGP, with New Japan, right, and maybe got a win over Mercedes, right? The two best friends going at each other, and she got a win over Mercedes. Okay, then I can maybe see that as being something viable, but I don't see that as being something real right yeah. now and that's my only problem with it that's my only issue with it like it, it it'd be like when wcw brought goldberg in it'd be like him dominating for two months and suddenly oh we're gonna put the world heavyweight title on him and not do the slow build to the world heavyweight title like they did with him right yeah i just yeah for me it just doesn't make sense and, uh, but Hey, I'm not the one that wrote it. I'm not the booker. I'm not the guy to do it. So you're not that guy. No, <laughs> no, I'm not that guy, pal. I'm not. But ag- again, I guess this is where we can take a wait and see. I mean, I kind of want to see Deanna Perrazzo take the belt back from her already, but I do too. And I, I would love to see it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Somebody that we could see potentially sooner rather than later back on our television screens is Brian Pillman Jr. Well, at least that's last week, kind of what the reports were. Right. As he was spotted at the WWE Performance Center, we've come now to find out that he is reportedly still a free agent and not signed with the WWE right now. Brian Pillman Jr. Yes, is no longer with AEW after his contract was allowed to expire. He did show up at the Performance Center, not signed with the WWE despite his trip out there to Orlando. But it is reported that WWE has an immediate interest in Brian Pillman Jr. just after becoming a free agent and deciding to leave AEW. What are your thoughts on Brian Pillman Jr. and okay, so- uh, you know possibly being with the WWE? I find it interesting that you're mentioning Brian Pillman Jr. And I've got Chase U on my screen. I said I wanted him to work with the Creed Brothers, but <laughs> I made the mistake in confusing the Creed Brothers with Chase U. Right. I actually wanted to see Pillman Jr. come in and be a member of Chase U because I feel like it would have worked because he was doing the Varsity Blondes in ECW. Or AEW, sorry. Yeah, AEW, him and Griff. Because I was thinking of Pillman when he was in ECW. <laughs> Pillman right? Sr. But no, I... I think that when he went to the performance center, I think he was just going there to put out feelers to see who's interested. And it's, as you had said, WWE is showing some interest and I want to see Pillman Jr. There. I really do. I I do as well. 
I, I think he's got something to give to the NXT roster. That's where I would start him. Okay. Okay. I think I, yeah, definitely. I think that would be a really good idea. Why not? And to pair him off with chase you. I mean, for some reason in my head that works. <laughs> it works for me too. It definitely does. Um, you know, he can even be brought in as, you know, keep him as Brian Pillman Jr. Let him come in as that. Oh, yeah, don't take that name away from him because everybody already will know who he is. Mm-hmm. And he can be that, um, what would you call it? That um, veteran for Chase U, which could be a great way to be able to get Chase U back up into some uh, – larger standing more than they are right now because they are a, a great faction as it is right now but this oh could yeah be i'm enjoying everything they do solidify <laughs> it yeah me too me too i definitely am but this could be a way to bring them over the top if they were to have the veteran brian pillman jr who learned from his dad brian pillman senior and you know like you yeah. could you could play those angles and it would work great oh yeah before we get to our main topic of the night, we need to give some shout outs here right now. I want to make sure that everybody knows about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is an amazing sponsor of our local establishment where you can get amazing energy drinks that are non-GMO, <laughs> that are gluten-free, that are less sugary than all the other drinks out there. They give you a great pump with no crash. Use our so promo code gorgeous. OLE pods at the checkout to get yourself 10% off your entire purchase. Not the first time, but every single time. A sponsor of Turnbuckle Talk is and always will be Collar and Elbow Brand, founded by Al Snow. Go and check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com. And today, happy birthday, Al Snow. I was going to say that. <laughs> Thank you, boss, for everything that you do with us here at Turnbuckle Talk. We are the first sponsored podcast from Collar and Elbow Brand, and we are still proud to say that we are part of them. While you're there at CollarAndElbowBrand.com, use the promo code JKPODCAST for 10% off your order there as well. It actually surprises me when I'm watching Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, how many Collar and Elbow shirts I actually see in the crowd nowadays. There is a lot of them. It's a it, good company. I still have the original shirts that I was given back in 2018. That tells you how long and good these shirts are. Go and check them out. Huge thank you to our friends over at RealWrestling.net. Turnbuckle Talk is international as RealWrestling.net, a UK-based company, runs this program as well huge thank you go and check them out news and views by real fans over at realwrestling.net our last topic for the night is a little bit of a touchy subject for a few for a, that 
pisses me off. <laughs> right. For it's it's touchy for a lot of people. And yes, we're gonna be talking about triple A's, triple mania 31, Tijuana. The event there actually saw Don Callis and Kenny Omega continue their ongoing little rivalry that's happening. And at the post-show press conference, um, Callis's protege, Takashida, attacked Kenny Omega. Now, Callis was actually there at the time, and one fan saw that as an opportunity to make a name for themselves, maybe to get their 15 minutes of fame in what was being reported as not being a work, but actually being a shoot. We had this fan take out Don Callis and legitimately injure his neck and his ankle Subsequently, resulting in him needing to go to a hospital in San Diego for medical attention. As of right now, I don't have very much more information on that. Uh, None of his representatives have really provided an update that I'm aware of. And no details were actually shared about the attacker and what happened to the attacker. Afterwards, I don't know, so I can't answer that. But I want to get your take on this bullshit that happens within professional wrestling where fans decide to take things into their own hands. Okay, so I'll be the first to admit that I'm not the biggest fan of Don Callis, but I still respect what he's done in the wrestling business. And for anybody to jump out and attack a a man of his legendary status... You are a piece of fucking shit. I've said it. I've said it about Bret Hart. When remember when Bret got jumped during the night, uh, the Hart Foundation induction? I said that guy was a piece yeah. of shit. The guy who jumped in and attacked Eddie in uh, RVD in that ladder match, he's a piece of shit. The drunk guy who jumped on the limo at SummerSlam 04, he's a piece of shit too. But that was funny, by the way. It was. It um, was. But no, anytime you get involved, a fan gets involved and tries to attack the wrestler, even the one that uh, I think it was in Africa, the one that tried to low blow Randy Orton. He's a piece of shit yeah. too. You deserve to get your ass whipped. If you right? get in that ring, you are just asking for it. And this is something that has happened throughout the years, throughout the ages of professional wrestling, where you would have fans trying to legitimately murder professional wrestlers rowdy roddy piper talks a lot about that rick flair as well really talk about times where fans legitimately wanted to hurt them but today's day and age where you can hire a security company how is this even happening is my question because if we had omega and takashida you know scuffling you know, against each other at a press conference. Why would all of the security go and run up to break this up and not really watch anything else that's going on unless they weren't actual security? I don't know that I work in the security see, field see, because it was with AAA. Years. AAA does have 
sketchy people for in some cases, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's just it confuses me as to why there was not even two security personnel off to the, the side that could thwart that. Yet at the same time, again, I'm going back to an Andre the Giant Battle Royal. When Rob Gronkowski jumped the crowd, security immediately attacks him, and he's part of the show. Right? <laughs> right? But at the, oh, I don't know. It just pisses me off when I see fans ruin it for other people. You know? And I think, like, yeah, that's exactly it. Ruins it for other people. Um, because, uh, you mean, you're going to have this superstar, this performer who's now really pissed off at this person and really having that pent up anger of why didn't this happen? How could this have been avoided? Why wasn't it avoided? How could this person have even gotten to me? I'm glad that things were taken care of, but I'm still really pissed off right now. And then at these bigger events, they usually have like, hey, meet so-and-so superstar. After the show, autograph sessions, pictures, whatever, all of this Controlled other BS. <laughs> and now you're going to be walking into, let's just say, a Randy Orton. Who has been known to maybe sometimes have a hothead and a little bit of a possible temper. But now we're going to have this pissed off star that you still needs to interact with the fans and it's not going to be a pleasant experience. So yeah, you just ruined it yeah. for all those other people over your simple stupidity in my head right now. I'm replaying when that fan attacked Brett and in my head, I'm seeing when David Smith just beat the piss out of that kid, that guy. Right. Right. And it's, and, the camaraderie that is there, like 100%. If anybody yeah. sees this shit in the back, they're immediately out there. They're helping the situation, taking care of it. Um, but it shouldn't have to come to that point. And fans, play it in fucking video games, okay? I just broke my own rule. I yeah. don't say the F word on this show, but play it in the effing video games. You want to attack a Don Callis, then create Don Callis and create a wrestler. He is bald right now as it is anyway. So it would be super easy and simple for you to create a Don Callis and beat the crap out of him in a video game, as opposed to trying to get your 15 minutes of fame and pissing off everyone else. Yep stupid wow in the words of randy orton stupid 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 it definitely is i can't believe it but it happens it definitely does happen and i gotta say that again the fan who jumped the the limo or at SummerSlam 04, what balls did he have to do that just be in between JBL and The Undertaker? Right. Two people who would knock the fucking piss out of you. So for those of you, because this never made it onto television or anything that I am aware it, of. It did in a small, quick shot. Okay. So we were both at that show live as it happened. I was um, up above where the ramp 
ramp is is coming down here i was up in uh you know the first set I of risers across from the limo i saw everything <laughs> i saw the ring the ramp everything was great fantastic seats for me but the limo was there and you see this guy did he not run from the front all the way up across the back or was it back to front he came from on the left side of the stage through the crowd there hopped the barricade undertaker and jbl were still fighting fighting in the ring yeah and he got up on the limo and you see uh like six or seven guards just jump out and he's running up and down he's got a shirt he's fucking waving it around like he's a, it's a lasso and i think taker and jbl saw that and they called an audible and continued their brawl on the outside yeah i believe so as well very lucky because obviously the, the spot afterwards yeah, the spot afterwards, the limo was gimmicked. Um, very lucky that this fan going across the top of that did not actually fall into the limo as I, JBL did through the choke slam. I just keep thinking, what if he got in between JBL and Taker? JBL and Taker would have just beat the living piss out of him. They would have. They would have. There, there wouldn't be that person anymore, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. I'm wearing my Turnbuckle Talk shirt, as I generally do. You can find that at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. So much over there for different merchandise having to do with Turnbuckle Studios and even some our local establishment stuff that I am a part of, including Paramindful and Monday Night Raw Watch Along. Go and check all of that out. It would be greatly appreciated because everything that goes into that for you guys buying merch comes back to me and into this program for all of you. Chris, we're going to work on things, but where can the people find you for right now? All right. You can find me at um, on Twitch at uh, CBRS underscore entertainment. Find me at YouTube at Chris Image 83 channel name CBRS entertainment as well. I'm still like, I'm trying to work on just trying to get some gear for my gaming channels. Those are my gaming channels right now. Um, I'm actually going to be looking into doing a Twitch for my uh, kayfabe name because okay. my Twitch and my Facebook, that's my personal stuff. So, so right. maybe I'll do a kayfabe uh, Facebook for the, for this channel, you know, for us. Perfect. Sounds good. For myself, the easiest place that you can find me is at my link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. Once again, that is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash K-A-R-L-K-A-R-U-F-E-L. For Chris Best and for myself, Carl Carafel, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us here once again for this edition of Turnbuckle Talk, episode 330 when fans attack. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>